traditional investor in the space had told me that no one would ever do equity crowdfunding because it was dumb money. Stu turned around and he's like, it's not dumb money, it's love money. And that night of his launch party, he raised his goal of half a million dollars in half an hour. Ready to raise capital? It's time to get your dose of investment insights with the Investment Fix podcast. Brought to you by New Zealand Trade and Enterprise. Kia ora, I'm Dylan Lawrence, General Manager of the Investment Team at NZTE. Today we're going to be talking about online funding platforms and with us to talk about that and to share some insights on two quite different offerings in this space are Anna Gunther and Bill O'Boyle. Anna is Chief Bubble Blower and Co-Founder of PledgeMe, which has helped deliver funding for businesses such as Parrot Dog, Atik and Little Bird. She has a keen focus on equity in the funding space. Bill is Director of Capital at Snowball Effect, which has completed successful capital raises for the likes of Invivo, Upco and Archipro. He describes their mission as simplifying investment into high growth Kiwi companies. Welcome Bill, welcome Anna. Thank you both for taking the time to chat with me today. Thanks Dylan, good to be here. Hey, first up, can I get each of you to share your take on what an online funding platform is? I think at its core, an online funding platform is a online way of transacting a capital raise. Specifically, we're talking equity capital raises. The key to it is essentially a two-sided marketplace where you have investors coming to the platform looking for direct investment opportunities into companies that before platforms came along, you would struggle to find direct investment opportunities just as an everyday Kiwi. For companies, obviously, what the platform provides is access to a very wide range of investors. So it plugs the gap and meets in the middle between those companies and investors that are looking for each other. And ultimately, it's an extremely cost and time efficient way of going about a traditional capital raising process. I think it's as simple as it sounds. You go out to your crowd for funding. You set a goal of how much money you want to raise, a deadline in which you want to raise it by, and you offer something in return. And that can vary across different online fundraising platforms. You know, there's the donation portals where the thing you get in return is just feeling good. There's equity platforms where you get shares in the company. There's project-based platforms where you get rewards. And then there's lending platforms where you're actually borrowing money from your crowd. And they're all different, but I think the underlying thing is there's a crowd. It's not just like one individual person deciding the fate of an organization. We're in an interesting position because we do three of those four types of online fundraising. So we do project-based, equity-based, and lending-based. We don't do the donation side, which is something that people are quite used to in New Zealand with Give a Little, where you know, you're just giving money to help a sick child or to do something that's really an urgent action. For us, what we do is we help people when they have like a project and a campaign. So they know how much money they need. They have something to offer in return and they're going out to their crowd. Fantastic. So Snowball Effect and Pledge Me each have their own different approach that underpins their platform and their targets. Can I get a brief intro from each of you on your company and how your platform works? I think the description is probably important for us. So we call ourselves a private equity marketplace. Private equity, traditionally, you may think big established private equity funds, but when we talk about private equity, we're talking about investments into Kiwi companies. 
What we look to do is provide those opportunities for an everyday Kiwi, whether you're someone who's just left school, going through university, or someone who's in their 80s or 90s looking to invest in a company. We provide that direct investment access that previously often was not there. And we bring that alongside the traditional types of investors, whether they be formal larger private equity funds, venture capital funds, high net worth individuals, right through to everyday Kiwis. And we are engaged by the companies themselves, so we're looking to raise the capital. So our process starts with sitting down with the company to try and understand what their objectives are, what segment of our investor base or potentially all of it are they looking to tap into, and also what are they after beyond the capital, whether that be expertise, experience from different types of investors, are they looking for directors or advisors to come on board as well? So we have our investors coming to us, putting their hands up, saying that, hey, we've got experience and expertise, we'd like to lend to these companies. So what we do is aggregate a ton of different experience and interested investors with the companies that we're working on behalf of to craft their story and their investment proposition. We're very hands-on with the drafting of their investment documentation that's ultimately taken to investors. Um, so much and, work. And that's something that we definitely need to talk about because you'll feel the same <laughs> way, Anna, that people think it is a case of just, can I use your website and what does it cost to put my information on your website? And that's simply not the case. No crowd in the cloud, people. Yeah, that's right. And so both of our platforms uh, operate under a model where we operate to help the companies that we're working on behalf of access the investors that they're after. But what it means is that because it's an online process of distribution of the information, you get a very, very wide reach. And it's quite amazing to see the difference in investors that you can get within one capital raise, right from the very sophisticated professional investors alongside the passionate consumer of the good, why the FMCG type consumer products, craft beer and ice cream go so well because people like to see and feel what they're investing into and they feel passionate about supporting these brands. Awesome. And Anna, maybe you could give us a bit of a 101 on PledgeMe. I think our angle is slightly different, which is good. We need lots of different options in New Zealand to support small companies because funding shouldn't be as hard as it is. We should be making it easier and providing different ways of doing that. For us, though, the main focus is helping companies fund the things they care about or helping Kiwis fund the things they care about. And that means we're actually mainly focused on companies activating their existing networks and existing crowds. So enhancing existing relationships, not creating new ones, just purely based on financial return, like there should be a return, hopefully in the future. But people are often investing because they care about the company or they care about the founder. And they're often coming in and providing more than just funds. There's so many other things that they provide. So like one example would be a teak. When they went out to raise their first round of funding, a lot of people were super dismissive, like, why would we invest in what is effectively soap? But 90% of her investors at that time were current customers, and three of them were chemists. So when she was having trouble figuring out how to double her batching in the new factory she'd moved into, one of her investors actually came in and solved her problem for her. And that was her crowd. And, you know, last year she was New Zealand's fourth fastest growing company, according to Deloitte Fast 50. So these companies by going out to their crowds can get to places that maybe they wouldn't through traditional means. The development we've been really excited about is that you can access the people that believe in you to get the funding you need at often an earlier stage in the life cycle. And what we've seen is to your point that people can raise through other means later as well, because they've validated that they have a customer base that really love them and a crowd that want them to succeed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Ubco raised $1.8 million through us 
in an online fashion and then had a three and a half million dollar US investment followed in by a venture capital firm being GD1. So they ended up with six and a half million Kiwi. So a reasonably sizable round by New Zealand standards. And it just goes to show they go hand in hand. They're definitely not mutually exclusive. And it's really good validation of the things that everyday Kiwis are investing in are the same things that these professional investors are investing in. And I think it's great validation of platforms. Ubco is a great story. has been through angel funding, been through crowdfunding, and now has venture capital funding and is going incredibly well offshore. So these examples are fantastic validation of what we're doing, I think. Do these platforms suit a particular type of business or do they work for everyone? It depends on what the proposition is. I'd say no, it certainly doesn't only suit early stage companies. You look at the likes of Karma Cola and Invivo, who are all well north of 10 million in revenue. Generally speaking, I would call it anything from zero. You know, you're just starting out right through to where you're getting appetite from the private equity funds to really come in with the large check size. And so, yeah, I'd say very wide range. The things that go really well are things that people can touch and feel and they're fans of. We found in the past things that we thought may be a really great opportunity are sometimes slightly boring or complicated, albeit they may be a fantastic business. Complicated is hard. It is. And one thing to note is that often by the time you get to putting it up on the platform, that is the set of information beyond the Q&A that investors can ask and share with each other. Ultimately, that is the package of information. So it needs to be understandable by reading it and downloading it via an online format. So the complex businesses may find a better home if they're really deep tech Mm -hmm. and finding investors that really understand that. That's not to say that you could not run a bit of a private phase and find those investors to then bring along everyday investors alongside them. How much money is transacting through these online platforms a year? So for us last year, we did $15 million through the platform for companies, which has been growing year on year. This year, it'll be interesting to see if that growth happens again or not. But there was projections that said by 2025, the amount of money going through equity crowdfunding would be something like double that of venture capital. There's some pretty aggressive statistics out there saying that this is definitely going to be a part of the market. Looking at Pledge Me and Snowball Effect as the two dominant platforms that bring most of the capital through. As a proxy for it, we did 9 million in 2017, 16 million in 2018, and 21 million last year. So if you combine that with Anna's 16 last year, it's a fair slug of the early stage funding market, which is broadly speaking where we all play. And I think that's in the vicinity of between 100 and about 120 million per annum. And most people, when they think of an online funding platform, they think about the front end of it. But there's quite a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to make it successful at the front end. What do companies need to be thinking about before they come and have a conversation or what are the things they need to have had done or be ready with? For us, we say there's three C's before you should go and do a crowdfunding raise. You have a good campaign, so you're really clear on how much money you need and what it's for and it's how it's going to help your company grow. You need a good crowd, so you need to know who they are. Everyone has one, but the crowd needs to be interested in what you're doing and then good comms. So if you have a good campaign and a good crowd, you need to be able to communicate to them what you're doing so they know that it's coming. And when you launch, they're clear that they want to be a part of it. So for us, those are the three C's for people to think about. And coming out of that are things like your documentation and making sure that your company constitution is updated to bring in these investors. But that's stuff that we work with the companies on. And typically we would run someone through a six week prep program 
it can take longer depending on the company. We had one company where it took three years, but it's six week prep program where every week we run through a new part of what they need to prepare from their IM through to their comms plan. If I'm out there listening to this and I think this is something I'd quite like to do, how do they start this process? I think getting in touch, there's obviously forms on both of our platforms, I would imagine, but finding the email address and getting in touch and doing a call is often the best way to do it, just to get a sense check of where you're at and if it makes sense for you right now. I think what we found is the earlier the company is in their journey, the harder it is. So if they're just starting and they're pre-revenue, pre-product, that's a stage which you potentially could raise investment through your close crowd, but it's definitely harder than that stage where you already have customers that love what you do. Because if they buy your product, they might like you enough to invest in it. So it's thinking about that as well before you get in touch is where you're at. I think that the first message that I would like to get across is that six months out, you need to come and see us. So talk early, get prepped. You need to have a really good understanding of the problem you're solving with your product or service. Ideally be showing that you're getting traction with customers and that people actually want the product or service. From there, another thing that we were really strong about is governance and independent governance in place, aside from just the management, who are the shareholders and founders sitting on the board and and controlling it. That's very important when you're bringing minority shareholders in. And ultimately, just a very strong understanding of not only your strategy, but specifically your capital raising strategies. Another pitfall, I think, is people not raising enough money. You don't want to be capital raising the whole time. You want to be running your business. So we're here to try and allow founders to be running their business and stripping back the administrative tasks of a capital raise. How long does the process take to get on the platform? So let's say from having a first discussion to getting on the platform with the prep and everything that needs to be done and then how long does it take once you're up on the platform for a capital raise to occur? Yeah so for us we recommend at least a six-week lead into a campaign. We've had people do it quicker. I think our fastest was two weeks. We've had people take longer, three months. Six months is a good amount of time especially if you don't have that documentation yet or you haven't started activating your crowd around it yet. But yeah, the big things really are your documentation and your crowd, for us at least. And then the amount of time a campaign is normally live is four weeks. We have people sometimes want to do campaigns that are longer than that. And we don't normally support that because we think it's a lot of work to launch a campaign. And most of your pledges come in the first few days and the last few days. Deadline magic, everyone needs a deadline. So they normally pledge in the final day. So having too much time in between can be really hard on a company to keep on promoting a campaign. We're sort of quite bespoke depending on what a company's needs are and often a lot of offers won't ultimately go to a full public capital raise, just depending on their needs. So the lead time for a typical capital raising done online is really dependent on how prepared a company is. Six months out is ideal if you're starting from scratch. If things are going really well and people are prepared, we can do things in three months would be good. Our process may differ somewhat to others in that we focus a lot of effort up front in terms of validation by way of either targeting industry experts or reasonably savvy investors. So we use that larger industry expert type investor to really validate an opportunity so that we may spend a number of weeks up front We're obviously looking for them to play a lead investor role. By the time it goes to the public piece, it's typically a 30-day window. You don't want to be having things drifting out. Fantastic. And then if we flip it over the other way, what are the questions a business founder or someone looking to raise capital should be asking of an online funding provider? I would encourage businesses to talk to all the platforms, talk to the different businesses that have raised through different platforms to get an understanding of really what the real life differences are. 
my favorite question is always who has it worked well for but when it hasn't worked why has it not worked because that's a really good thing to talk people through you know this isn't a great way to acquire customers there's no crowd in the cloud like having that conversation up front is always really good and sharing some stories of when it hasn't worked too can be really useful for companies the thing i find though is a lot of companies coming to us just have never done anything like this before so they don't even really know what to ask because capital raising for them is this new unknown and it's sort of frustrating for me because I feel like we've overcomplicated it. I feel like people think it's this thing that they can't figure out how to do. And it's like, if you have a really solid business plan, like you've thought about how you want to grow and you've got that strategy, that's the start to your IM. There's some additional stuff that we put in there, but like having that down is really like, you're a bit of the way there already, but people don't realize that and they get quite scared. So Anna, what is an IM? (laughs) Good question, Dylan. And I am as an information memorandum. So basically it's the core document that you go out with to your crowd, talking about your business, your plans, and what you want to raise. And it's really important because it covers everything that your crowd needs to know. But what we see through crowdfunding, at least, is often it's a bit more accessible than like your business plan might be or a prospectus. You can really put your personality in it. The most important thing, though, is not to be false or misleading. So making sure that your facts are clearly tied to facts and your opinions are positioned as opinions. So when you're going out to your crowd, you're really clearly outlining who you are and where you want to go. We all love a really good story. Give us a really good funding experience that you've been part of. Little Island was a fantastic example of that. We finished that capital raise recently through a very hard economic period. That raise was actually out there in the market about to go live. It was open for early access right when we went into lockdown. So the directors and management made some very good decisions along the way. They pulled pin and returned all investor funds that had been invested to date. So they pressed pause on it. And ultimately, as the weeks went by and there was a bit of data coming through in terms of their sales and what was happening, how the business was feeling about themselves and how they could forecast forward, they got themselves comfortable and re-engaged the audience that had expressed interest in that offer. They worked incredibly hard along the way. So again, it's not just a case of putting it up and letting the platforms do the work. The founders of the company, the management, the directors, it's a full frontal assault of people getting out there, tapping their networks, telling their story. A lot of it is PR marketing as well. During COVID, there wasn't a lot of good news stories. So having the Little Island team get on Seven Sharp, have articles and stuff in the Herald Mm -hmm. to tell this good news story. Hey, we're still operating. We're still growing. We're still hiring people. There was just a fantastic result and it was incredible to see the support from New Zealand public by way of investment. In this environment, they were after 2.6 million was their maximum target. They ended up closing the round at 3.2 million being half a million dollars oversubscribed. And that's just testament to the process working incredibly well. Obviously, it's a fantastic business with great people in behind it in an industry being the sort of dairy-free industry, which is absolutely on trend at the moment and going incredibly well. But It's just a great example of ticking boxes, being realistic with valuations and forecasts, having experienced people in behind. But ultimately, I keep coming back to how experienced these people were, but they absolutely took our guidance to be able to bring everything together ultimately and get to where they did in the end. So that is a real success story in a really tough environment. So we were incredibly happy with that. Fantastic. Well done. And what about you, Anna? Ah. It's hard to pick your favorite because they're just all great. One of my favorites would be our first successful 
campaign on the platform after ourselves. So we were actually the first successful campaign on Pledge Me for Equity crowdfunding. But the second one was for Yeasty Boys, a craft beer company. The founder, Stu, had been chatting to us for a while, even before we'd been licensed to do equity crowdfunding. And he was just such a lovely human to work with. And I remember when I first was meeting with him before we were licensed, talking about equity crowdfunding, and I told him that a traditional investor in the space had told me that no one would ever do equity crowdfunding because it was dumb money. And Stu turned around and he's like, it's not dumb money, it's love money. And so he named his campaign the Love Money Campaign. And when he launched it, he was super scared because he was going overseas in the middle of it to the UK. That's what they were raising money for. So he was like, instead of doing a four-week campaign, which is the normal, I want to do a five-week campaign just to make sure I have enough time to promote to my crowd enough. And that night at his launch party, he raised his goal of half a million dollars in half an hour. We had people running across the parking lot trying to get into the bar so they could get on a computer to pledge. <laughs> uh, he had to call his wife halfway through and apologize profusely because he hadn't organized a babysitter because he said they'd have a party when they're getting close to the goal together. And it was just this beautiful thing of everyone from his next door neighbor invested through to his distributors. Just people who really backed him and his business, but also, you know, they were in it for more than just a return. Like, they knew if they pledged over $2,000, they'd learn how to homebrew with Stu every year at the AGM. Like, it's this real connection. So, yeah, that'd probably be one of my favorites. Also, because he just had the most hilarious pitch video I've ever seen, I showed it at an event. And this woman told me, she's like, I'll never invest in them because they're obviously infantile. Because it was a illustrated pitch video with the queen chugging a beer and a G-string. And <laughs> he was like, that's my filter. I just want people to get me investing. But yeah, that would be one of my faves. Oh, fantastic. If you had one piece of advice to give companies trying to raise capital out there right now, what would it be? Come and talk to us early, as in now. Certainly, if you're thinking about needing capital before the end of the year, we should be talking last week. So talk to us early. Canvas all your options. You need to do a lot of preparation. So the main message is be prepared and talk to all sorts of different options early on and find out where your best option is, you know, follow a few of them up. And ultimately you just need to have your house in order quite far ahead of time. So unfortunately you really need to think about the capital you need next year and then in probably in three years time as well. So you're constantly thinking about capital, even though you're raising it in the future. Yeah. My bit of advice would just be chat to your crowd. If you think crowdfunding is for you, check in with them early. Don't make the decision to crowdfund and then think about talking to them. And you can do that a bunch of different ways, but the way I personally have done it is posting it on my Facebook page and asking people like, would you want to invest or through LinkedIn, or you can get more sophisticated with it as well. But before you go ahead, just ask your crowd. And I think there is that myth that you need this clean cap table if you go out and want to raise money in the future. And one of the ways to get around that is actually by making sure that, especially for sort of smaller investors, you're probably issuing non-voting shares and things, and you're not selling too much of your company in those first few rounds. That also helps for future rounds as well to make it easier. And you raise a good point. Are there any ongoing obligations from successfully raising capital from a crowd? No different than what you'd expect from a normal company. I mean, you need to do your annual report and things like that. The only thing to bear in mind that could be slightly different is you need 5% of your voting shareholders to opt out of audits. So it's just something to think about when you're going through the process. Do you want to be issuing non-voting shares and things like that? But audits can be good as well, depending on the company. 
I think that, you know, ultimately the answer is there's very simple mechanisms to deal with the logistics of having mm. more people. And, you know, let's not forget that this whole online investing was born out of the GFC when traditional funding markets dried up. In level four lockdown, we managed an 850k raise for Sweet Files, a technology company. So we tended to see most of the funding markets dry up a little bit. You saw a lot of the listed companies were doing capital raises, cutting a lot of staff at the big, big end of town, but a lot of capital raises done for the listed companies at reasonably severe discount to their valuations. Generally, I think about 25% discount. And we just saw a ton of support for what we were doing during the tough times. And the big pro that comes from the public piece, and we've got a reference point, I heard this piece of data yesterday, that Little Islands had a, a 30% uplift in sales during the crowdfunded offer. That's, you can't Phenomenal, that. yeah. That's fantastic. So that byproduct that people tend to subdue a little bit, I think is absolutely valid and, and needs to be remembered that there's a yeah. lot of data out there globally about the uptick in sales and performance that companies get from going down this method of raising capital. We've seen that pretty much every company that's been successful through us has had their best trading month ever in the month of their equity crowdfunding. And some of them, when they send out newsletters after they've raised their money from their crowd, like Ocho, the chocolate company, the first two newsletters they sent out, they sold out of chocolate immediately after sending out their newsletters to their crowd because they all got a 20% discount for life on chocolate. But <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely see that as well because it is just another way people see you in the market and hear about what you're doing. Awesome. So there we have it, crowdfunding and online platforms are growing. In 2019, between the two platforms, Snowball and PledgeMe, Kiwi companies successfully raised $36 million. This kind of approach has proven to be really successful for businesses that have built up a customer base and have products that people can touch and feel. But not all online platforms are the same and they cater to different needs. So if you're considering raising capital, Get out there early and explore your options. That's what I've heard here today. Anna and Bill, thanks so much for talking to me. Really appreciate it. Thank thanks, you, Dylan. Dylan. Lovely Thank to be here. For having us. Yeah. That was your investment fix from NZTE. For a bigger financial fix, head to investnewzealand.nz.